Welcome to the His Light and Life podcast with your host, Mark, who will be your guide to enhance, deepen, and enrich your Christian life. To turn your focus away from just getting by to walking with God in His light and life. Welcome back to His Light and Life, a podcast designed to promote the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ in the lives of everyday believers. It's hard, you know, when you, when you hear that said that, it sounds so simple. Jesus won an entire total victory for you. How does that play out? I mean, he's obviously enthroned on high. Jesus, we know he came and he ran his course perfectly. The Bible says for the joy set before him, he endured the cross We know that he paid the full payment for us, for our redemption. A complete and total redemption, lacking nothing. But we find ourselves here on this earth, muddling through day-to-day activities. You know, we're pulled in this way and we're pulled in this way. Our time's pulled. Work requires a good portion of our attention. We try to, you know, juggle family life and professional lives and hopefully in the middle of it somewhere we can kind of carve out a little bit of time for God or set some time apart on the weekend and I spend a lot of time reading people that lived in a different time than ours they they lived in a time when there wasn't the distractions of social media and television and it's easy to look and say you know maybe some of the great works that came out of those times were a result of the fact that there wasn't as many other distractions. I, I tend to take Oz Guinness's approach on this, and and I think you know he, he, some of his thinking really, really had a powerful impact on me in the sense that though the times changed, though the situations changed, though the pressures of life seem to have changed, the gospel is a constant. It's a constant. And it's like Rich Mullins said, you know, hello, old friends, there's really nothing new to say, but the old, old story bears repeating, and the same old truth grows dearer every day. And I believe the gospel is unchanged. The gospel is not from this planet. The gospel is not from the mind of man. The gospel did not originate in philosophy and the study of things and the study of words and the concepts of math. And it, it didn't. The gospel is alien. It has come from the Father God's heart, his will, before the foundations of the world, according to his own sovereign decision. And that gospel plays out in time, but things that happened in his heart. And uh, in the couple of episodes ahead, we're going to be talking heavily about the sovereignty. I want to touch on it today a little bit, if we have some if we have some time, but that's the connection and the disconnection happens as a result of the same thing. We have this apparent conflict between the father God seated in heaven, surrounded by a multitude of angels declaring his glory and holiness all of the time. And then we find ourselves down here in the, in the murky mire, I've heard it called, where where things don't fit together, where there isn't an easy answer for every situation, where we have to deal with so many things that can seem to provide so much opposition 
to who we are and what we know we should be doing. And it's one of those things where we, we can say, listen, is the gospel true? Is the gospel real? Or is it just a figment of my imagination? Can, is this some, some foreign thing that is not relatable to me in my life, in my everyday life? Or is it something that can actually be the fuel of everything that I do? And yeah, I understand that there's still the demands of life. There's still the pulls of your job, career, your you know relations. All of those things are real. But can can there be something that is just sort of? Um, I, I wanted to say droning, but that's not the right word. I want to use the word overriding it all. There's this constant override. You ever woke up and there's a song in your head, and you're just sort of you know it could be. <laughs> I hummed along to Rhinestone Cowboy all day once. Just an idea. And it just sort of gets in your head and it just sort of rolls over and over and over and over. I'm very grateful early on in my walk that I spent a lot of time reading what is the contemplatives. More disliked today probably than any time in church history. Certainly more neglected. But I spent a lot of time reading the writers of the contemplatives and one of the things that I came away with was, first of all, the impossibility of what they were talking about. I, just, I would read it and I would, I would try to do it. And, and it was just, you know, it was met with, let's just say, very limited success. But the idea stuck deep in my heart. And, it, and, and I remember I picked up a book years later, three, four years after. And I, and I was reading, you know, after the first time I'd read it. And I was reading through it, kind of skipping through it, more skimming than anything. And I realized that what I was in my mind imagining when I had read it all those years before and realizing that I had so complicated it that I had so taken it on as a, a thing to do that I had missed the real heart of it. And the real heart of it is very simple. That God had a will and he exercised that will in the form of a plan. And that plan cannot be stopped. That plan cannot be stopped. I often use one, uh, the, op- the idea of, of, of an architect who draws up a, he draws up a blueprint. And that blueprint, for all intents and purposes, though there's things that have to happen and there's things that have to be put in place, but it's going to be, he's going to hand it off to a builder, contractor, and they're going to bring in materials and workers and they're going to put it all together. And if they follow that plan, they're going to end up with a house or whatever the structure is that's going to look exactly like the original blueprint. Now, in that situation, it's a little different because... You have the architect and, and he, he, has his, he has his plans and he puts them together, but then he's got to hand them off to other people. And there's always this, this hanging question of whether those plans and directions and materials will be followed correctly. God doesn't have such a problem. <laughs> he doesn't have any such problem at all. He's the planner. <laughs> He's the architect. He's the he's the builder. He provides the materials. He knows the structure that he wants, and it will be accomplished. And the structure that he wants is the temple, a, a children 
that are built into a a temple of living stones. And that can't be stopped. And once I realized that, that the contemplatives that I used to read, the books that I used to read a long time ago, that they were not talking about something that had to be built or something that had to be integrated into your life. They started from the standpoint that God's will cannot be stopped. That if all I'm required to do is what became the bedrock foundation of all that I do is simply yield to simply obey and obey obedience. Oh my talk about a word in the church that gets a bad rap obedience, faith, the things that we put such a high, high, you know, credit value on are simply obeying him, yielding to him saying, yes, it's just simply saying, yes, I could take, we're not going to do it today, obviously, but over the next bunch of podcasts, we're going to break it down and we're going to go through the Bible and we're not going to, this is not, I want to say this right off the bat. This is not a systematic theology podcast. This isn't, um, you know, this isn't like a Bible course or a Bible. That's not what it is. You know, I'm a firm believer in theology and sound theology. And, and I spend, believe it or not, the majority of my life and my reading has been sound theology. The giants of church history. I'm a big, as big a fan as you're, as you're ever going to find of the great writings and the great men of God and the people who who dug deep, spent their entire lives. I have, a, I have a book that I love. It's one of my favorite books. This guy dedicated his entire life to the book of Jude. It's a, <laughs> shortest little tiny book. It's just a handful of verses. This guy dedicated his entire life to it. Seeing the Bible and seeing God and seeing the, the revelations of the deep things in a tiny little book. Been profoundly influential on my life. It actually spawned three or four other books that were written along that line. And they all give credit. And they all point back to the impact that book had. It's not a little book. It's written about a little book. But it's a massive book. Because the things of God can be plumbed. What we look at as a letter in the English language. I mean, you can plumb the depths of that. And it's really the Spirit of God can take you wherever he desires to take you. In the depths of our victory in Jesus Christ. But for today, I just wanted to point out that couple of things like that, that where you're talking about the things of God and you're talking about juggling this life in the light of the things of God and and that it isn't to be complicated, that it isn't to be complicated. I remember a a man who sent me an article, um, was a write-up and a bunch of stuff and some stuff that he'd written on, and he sent it to me and and I read through it, and I'm actually a, I was actually a big fan of the. He he got into a series of books. I'm actually a huge fan of of those books, and and I was reading through his sort of thinking, the, my friend's thinking along those lines, and and I re, I replied back to him, and I, I just was struck by this, and I just wrote back a simple reply, and I just said to him, "Could a little child understand that? <laughs> Could a little child understand that?" I've been blessed. He never actually. <laughs> unfortunately, that was the last conversation I ever had with that gentleman. But I, you know, we we have several. My wife and I we have several children, 
And for myself, um, I was saved before I had children. And it was very important to me that I could take the things that I was studying, which were complex at the time, and make them relatable to them. And I remember, like I was reading what he'd written, and I thought, a little child can't understand that. But our covenant declares that men will no longer say, Know the Lord, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least to the great. Jesus himself said, Unless you, unless you come to the kingdom as a little child, you shall no wise enter in. And I understand he's talking about that pliable, yielded heart. And that's pretty much what this conversation has come, on to, come about today. But the truths of the gospel should be very, very simple. They are very simple. They're simple if you start in the right place and you move, you move forward in the steps and stages as they emerge. I'm not discounting heavy theology. I've already said I'm a fan of it, but I'm discounting the idea. It's important that alongside of that idea, you should be able to relate it to in ways that people could understand. And with the expression and all of the, all of the depths of the things that we share, always keep that in mind that you should be able to explain it to a little child. It's kind of apt because I find myself recently in the last couple of years, explain as my children have gotten older and as other people have come into my life, younger people. And I think, wow, you know, you're walking with the Lord for 30 years. And then all of a sudden you see in the eyes of somebody, God at work. And you know that they're just like, you know, they're like you were, (laughs) you know, I was like a great white shark. That's how hungry I was for the things of God. And I wanted to know everything in an hour. I wanted everything. And, you know, and I'm almost like you're all of a sudden you're like, you're sitting there going, okay, no. So now I'm not the great white shark that now I have to feed that shark. And I think, what would I wanted to know back then? What, what would I have wanted somebody to share with me 30 years ago? And I'm not discounting the gracious people that God put into my life. And I know that every single one of them came into my life for me and for the purpose that he had for me, but the times are different. The times are different. He doesn't have 20, 30 years to make a disciple (laughs) anymore like he did with many I know. I mean, the first 20, (laughs) I think think the first 20 years of my Christian life was really just, you know, figuring out how to get the engine started. It's not like that now. I see see in my children and, and, and younger people that come across my, I see in them the revelation just hit them. The second they hear it, they get it. And it wasn't that way for when, when I, when I remember a long time ago, but it is that way now. And so a a foundation for my, this podcast is like I said, it's just to share what would, what would be important with the times that we live in, with the complexity of our lives, what are some of the things that you need to know that if you get a handle on these things quickly that things will go much smoother for you and that Christianity is not complicated. Christianity is designed to be able to be understood at whatever level you are. If you're coming at it very simplicity, it should be clear, concise, and make sense. If you're looking for more complex, deeper truths, you'll be able to find them as well because Christianity 
has to be explained to you. You need revelation of the truths of the kingdom of God, and they come by the Holy Spirit. The newborn believer has a spirit inside of him, and inside that spirit is the presence of God in the form of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will lead, guide, and teach you all things. Jesus said that. I'm not going to leave you as orphans, but I'm going to pray the Father. He's going to send another. The Holy Spirit, the parcelet. That word means one who takes hold together with against. And that's what he does. He takes hold together with you against anything that would oppose the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. I was sharing with a... I was sharing with a young man the other day and I was telling him, I said, you know what? What you need to realize is the Christian battle, the Christian fight, the fight of faith is you standing in the face of anything that tells you that Jesus did not win everything for you. Anything that comes up that says that the victory of Jesus Christ isn't sufficient is to be soundly, repeatedly tossed out the back door. Because Christianity is 100% your outliving, your relating, your expressing, your manifesting that victory. A victory that's first manifested in you, then manifested in, those, in, in, the, in the area that surrounds you, and in the outermost parts of the world. Christianity is a takeover from the inside out. And that takeover begins with the new birth and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit of the victory that Jesus has won for you. So over the next little while, we'll share some of these truths. We'll get in a little bit deeper. Uh, I felt the need, maybe a couple of podcasts early on to just sort of lay a foundation, kind of let you know some of the places that we're going to go to. And, um, and hopefully, well, not hopefully, we'll have a lot of fun in that journey. Thank you very much for joining us today on His Light and Life. Today's a little snapshot into the things of God, things you'll Find useful in your walk with God and your walk in entering into his victory and the victory that he has soundly secured for you. A victory that's secured for all eternity. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description. We'll see you next time on His Light and Life.